They say winning ain't everything. Well, we don't have them type conversations over here, man. Had that conversation with the losers. We trying to win at everything we do. Even in the loss, we don't see defeat. We see a lesson learned. Straight up. Look, I came into this world in 1978. The doc looked me in my face and knew I was something great. 45, 42 Prescott, that's where I'm from. Grew up in the slums around dope dealers and bums. As humble as I was, I adapted to my habitat. In my own lane, no. Far from where they crashing that dumb bar graduate. The game out of mastered it. Served in the Navy, look. Y'all don't know the half of it. Pops passing no one. Mom's passed last year. I know they up in heaven smiling down, crying mad tears. Cause they son making it. No telling why I'm taking it. My city been cursed, but I feel that I'm breaking it. Coach that went high in 15 in one state. Seen the fork in the road and went straight. I know what I'm worth. I'm OG King Kirk, Brooklyn Nets gaming crew legend. Let's work. Hello, this is OG King Kirk, your host of the OG Two Cents podcast. Thanks to all who tune in each and every Sunday. I appreciate it very much. Also, thanks uh, to my team, David the Two K Zone, Schrider Visuals, and Bauer DZN. Also, during this time, I just want to share some education on preventing the spread of the coronavirus. It's due to five. Uh, one, hands, wash them often. Two, elbow, cough into it. Three, face, don't touch it. Four, space, keep safe distance. Five, feeling sick, stay at home. This episode is who are you? And typically, when someone asks, who are you, people would say their name, you know, maybe where they're from and different things of that nature. But I want to dig deeper into that question. I had listened to a video by Andy Henriquez, and it basically said the best uh, way for people to know you is by simply telling your story. And that's what this episode is going to be all about tonight, is me telling you um, a short story of my life and who I am. So we'll be back and we'll get right into it. They say winning ain't everything. Well, we don't have them type conversations over here, man. Had that conversation with the losers. We're trying to win at everything we do. Even in the loss, we don't see defeat. We see a lesson learned. And we are back. Uh, this is episode eight. Who are you? Uh, if someone asked you, who are you? You know, what would your answer be? Uh, what type of person are you? What do you stand for? How do you want to be remembered? Uh, your legacy. Uh, basically, just to paint a picture for you, is I was born in 1978. Uh, I came out with a a brother that was uh, born two minutes uh, before me. He was born actually at 8.46 p.m. I was born at 8.48 uh, p.m. Uh, to my mother, uh, Shirley Ann Curtis, and father, Isaac Evans. Uh, unfortunately, uh, you know, it was short-lived. My mom passed away uh, when me and my brother was two years old. And, you know, I, I'm pretty sure that did a, a lot, put a lot on my on my dad. Um, he had came from a, a different upbringing. Uh, his, you know, his father had fathered a lot of kids, so um, he didn't necessarily... Uh, grabbed the, the the father gene, so to speak, uh, like you know some some do, some don't. Uh, I never had any hatred towards my dad or anything like that for not being around, but it, it was pretty much covered by my grandma, who raised me and my brother, uh, Patricia Curtis, my mom's mom, and her husband James Bradford. Um, they pretty much. Uh, picked up 
where I'm sure my mom would have would have carried the the weight had she stayed alive. But it was, you know, I had a pretty good upbringing. Uh, minus, you know, minus that, I think uh, I never really had a chance to to sulk or or I guess like to I didn't question too many things about it. I, you know, as my as I grew older. I just always looked at my grandma as my mom, and she was always there. Uh, so, it, you know, I'm not going to say it wasn't tough or anything like that, but I just, I was grateful just to have two people in my life uh, that, that loved and cared for me, you know, as if I was their son. So I never, I never, like, dwelled on the loss. Although I did think often, like, what what would life would have been like if you know, if my mom had had stayed alive, I heard uh, so many good things about her. Um, picked up a lot of different things from her, uh, as far as creativity and um, I'm sure the, the 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 ability to love and and be caring and, and passionate about life and and things in general. Um, from what I hear from people who knew her and then ultimately her mom and her brothers and, and sisters who basically were my you know my aunt and uncles but as we grew up I grew up with um all of them becoming my my mom my, my basically my brothers and sisters I pretty much just picked up the slack uh with that and and pretty much I mean my childhood was was great and it's it was loving, uh, big family, jointed family, uh, with my, you know, my my mom's side of the family, and then, um, like I said, James Bradford, which was my grandma's husband. But, you know, I never called any one of them grandma or granddad. I just always called them mom and dad. And, you know, my my dad, he was hardworking. He was from the south. Little Rock, Arkansas. Um, when I was a, a kid, he um, owned like different battery shops, worked on cars, uh, built every any and everything you can name. Um, also, he ran a um, a club, and you know, at least at at, his, at the point of the life where where he came into my life, I mean, he was just he was there like, every day. Uh, anything we needed, anything we wanted, uh, he he didn't hesitate, and uh, used to tick my mom off sometimes because uh, he he wasn't that good with managing money, so like and he because he would just he would just spoil us to death uh, with anything we wanted. He you know always referred to us as his boys, and uh, basically anything we wanted or anything. Uh, that we needed, he you know he made sure that we didn't go without. Unfortunately, uh, by the time I was fifteen, right when I'm hitting the the peak of you know what I thought, you know what most would think is like that teenage curve where you uh, going from a boy to a man. My he was diagnosed with Alzheimer's, and you know that took a that took a lot out of um out of our you know out of our childhood because we went from having this this strong man that was a provider protector um you know just watching him deteriorate um through that disease that was it was tough because i felt like we missed out on a lot of different things that he could have taught us and the different experiences um, that he hadn't got to share with us as we as we grew, you know, from boys to men, and um, we, you know, we he stayed with us as much as as he could, and then I think after two or three years, we, uh, my mom decided to put him into a, a nursing home, and uh, that was tough because uh, you know we was used to him being at home with us every day. And uh, now, like, you know, we're on the verge of 
you know, we in high school, freshmen in high school, and you know, not having not having your dad there, and it and at the normal, and his normal self that you that you used to, uh, it, it was it was tough, and my mom she was dealing with a lot, and she was still, you know, holding it down and everything like that, but it just kind of. It kind of took us out of a, out of our comfort zone because we used to having our mom and dad there uh, all the time, and because uh, by by the point by the time we, me and my brother got to high school, both both of them were basically retired. Um, so my you know my dad did a lot of work around the house uh, up until that point, and my mom she just was she was always around doing something, uh, helping people out. Uh, church going, uh, always involved in any and everything, and um, you know she always had the ability to uh, to hide her pain and whatever she might be going through just for the sake of everybody else around her. And, that, and I guess that's what that's what good moms do. It it helped us a lot. I mean, because we didn't we didn't always get to see. Um, she she wouldn't allow us to. To, to have to bear things that that didn't belong to us and and I pray you know I'm forever grateful uh, for how she how she handled that with us and allowed us to be kids allowed us to grow up and experience you know life in its phases without putting too much of a burden on us uh, went through high school uh, Paul Lawrence Dunbar High School one of the premier uh, basketball and track uh, schools in Ohio, where I'm from. Played freshman football. I liked it, but you know, basketball had always been my first love. Um, plus, I didn't like being in the cold. Uh, I really couldn't. I, my body never adjusted to being in the cold. Uh, so I pretty much after my freshman year, we went undefeated. Um, I played. I played defensive back. We basically went went undefeated that year. My freshman year, won a city championship. Uh, I pretty much quit after that. And um, I stayed playing basketball. Also, freshman year in basketball, we we won. We we won every game. We went undefeated, uh, football and basketball, at, at the freshman level. And then sophomore year, I just stuck with basketball. And we did. I played JV. Um, we went thirteen and four. Uh, I think we finished second in the city that year. Uh, a couple of our players who were originally from the freshman team, they moved up and uh, played JV, and that kind of took some uh, took some firepower away from us, so to speak. Um, also, uh, junior year, uh, I played uh, I played JV and varsity. Um, I, I would play JV and then dress varsity and probably played a couple quarters varsity here and there. And then senior year, um, I played varsity. Came off the bench, back up point guard. Um, we went, we won 20 games that year, lost in the regional finals. Uh, one game before the state. Um, so overall, just a, a pretty good athletic career. I was an honor student most of the, my high school years. I wish I would have took school a, a little bit more serious than what I did. Took a lot of honors classes that didn't benefit me down the road because I didn't, I didn't take it that I didn't take it as serious as I should. As far as foreign language, uh, government, and different things like that. Um, athletically, we only lost my my senior class. We only lost four. We lost fourteen games total. In four years uh, in high school, well, it was pretty good. I played with some pretty good guys who went on to to play D one, uh, whether it was basketball, football, or baseball. Um, I w- chose to to enlist in the Navy uh, after I graduated. That was kind of a funny story because um, before that, uh, I think it was the summer going into my junior, going into my senior year. I didn't have any offers. 
I didn't have too much college interest going on at that point. So I got a phone call one day from a, a naval recruiter. Never forget his name, Dave, Dave Mangus. And I never forget his name because this, this story ultimately changed my life. Uh, I talked to him. Uh, never, never really. My mom was the type that she would let us handle things on our own at a young age so we could get experience in doing things for ourselves. So I never really communicated with my mom about the phone call that I would have with the recruiter. Uh, so I talked to him, stayed in touch right before I got ready to graduate. My um, basketball coach, uh, Tom, Thomas Applegate, uh, rest his soul. One of the greatest human beings I ever met in my life. Uh, he, he, he did any and everything for his players. Um, it, you know, the unique part about him, he was a, a older white man who coached in a predominantly black high school. And the one thing I always loved about him is that he actually lived in our, in the neighborhood. Like he wasn't one of those coaches who, uh, came from the suburbs and the coach at a talented, predominantly black high school. Uh, and he also taught there as well. He you know, he was in the heart of everything. Like you could, you could go to his house. Uh, him and his wife always had their door open. Miss um, Carolyn Applegate, and it, they just made, they just made. It was bigger than basketball. It was, a, it was a family. You know, he took me uh, to an open tryout uh, with a junior college. Um, I played. A, like two, like I we play. Like, I play like six games that night. Um, never hardly even uh, took a shot. Like I said, I played point guard. Uh, I was there with some other top uh, recruits, and they were good scorers and good shooters. So I basically just ran the show and played defense. And at the end of the night, um, I ended up getting an offer. I didn't. Uh, I didn't sign that night. Uh, at this time, it's like around May. Now, June, I graduated. June 10th, 1997, graduated. Uh, in July, like at the end of June, I was uh, playing in a summer summer league with the college. It was Edison State. Uh, having a pretty good uh, summer league, playing with some really good players, some, some uh, second-year players as well that was coming back. And... At the beginning of July, uh, the naval recruiter called me, and basically um, he knew how I graduated and everything like that, and he wanted to to know if I was ready to enlist. And like I said, not talking to my parents or anything like that. Played the game. I played two games this night. Um, after the games, the recruiter came by my house. Uh, picked me up, uh, took me to the MEP station, and before you know it, I was enlisting into the United States Navy. After I enlisted, I got shipped off to Great Lakes, Illinois. Went through the, the processing and everything like that. It was a part of um, processing where basically you're in a classroom and they're basically instructing you on how boot camp is and everything like that. And they gave us a, a, a paper. Or basically on the, on the back of the paper, you could write. Um, it was an informative paper to send back home to your parents. So basically on the back of the paper, you could write whatever note or whatever you wanted to your parents. So basically I wrote a note to my mom explaining to her of how, you know, I ended up Enlisting into the Navy, you know, just told her the whole story after the game, went with the recru recruiter. Um, they were basically, with this letter, they were sending your clothes and everything that you came in back home to your parents or, you know, to your address or where you used to live. So at this point, um, obviously, I didn't think about it then because I was still a kid. 
so when my when my mom had got the package, it had my shoes, my clothes, and a letter in it. So, you know, after talking to her, obviously you you know, after boot camp and everything like that, she thought I was dead. Like, you know, here it is, she getting a box with the last clothes and shoes and everything that she's seen me in and now getting this letter. So she she thought I had passed away. And she she was and that's the way she was getting the information. But basically I ended up going through boot camp. I went on after boot camp to go to A school. I went to a machinist mate uh, A school. After I graduated boot camp, I was well, during the graduation of boot camp, my mom, her best friend, and at the time my high my high school sweetheart, uh, they all came uh, to the graduation, and that was like the first time I had seen my mom since I left. You know, she was proud of me and everything like that. Um, it was kind of a, a, a awkward situation because, like I said, I got the offer from a junior college, so everybody assumed that I was about to go to, to go to college. I wasn't going to the military. Uh, the the one twist about this is that during boot camp, the college coach that was at the the school I was going to, his son was in boot camp with me. So when I seen him, he looked at me and I looked back at him. It's mind you, in boot camp, you can't really do a, a, a ton of unauthorized talking uh, except when you're in the, in the barracks. So, you know, he looked at me, I looked at him, and he was like, hey, like, aren't you supposed to be playing for my dad? And I was like, yeah, I was supposed to. And, um, you know, some some things happened, and uh, you know, it was just it was just funny um, at that time because I'm thinking here I am, supposed to be going to play college basketball, and then I ended up in the in the Navy. So basically, after after all of that, I, I went to A school, graduated A school, uh, moved on uh, to the fleet. That's what they call it. Once you uh, leave boot camp or you leave school and you go off into your ship where you're assigned. I was, I went on to the USS Ponce, LPD-15 Gator Navy, stationed in Norfolk, Virginia. Had a, had a great time. I, I, just, I was growing up on the fly. Uh, the one thing about it is, you know, you go into the military 18 years old, uh, you're going off and you, you're in the world of, of men. You know, my four years, I look at my four years in the Navy, it's like, that was my four years of, a college, so to speak. I spent a lot of time uh, growing up, but I always used to tell people, like, you know, 45, 42 Prescott, that's where I grew up uh, with my mom and dad. I used to always say that it prepared me for any and everything. So uh, the military don't give them credit uh, for who I became or, you know, who I ultimately would become uh, years down the road. But 45, 42 Prescott was a staple for me. In doing that, like I said, Norfolk, Virginia, had a great time, ton of experiences. I traveled the world. Now, during that time, uh, and when I first uh, got to the ship, I went back home on leave. Um, my dad was like, he was still in a nursing home and everything like that. Um, still, uh, you know, he, like I said, he was deteriorating and everything. But one thing about it, when he's seen his, you know, his kids or, you know, people like he he instantly would like he would pop up and know like you know who you were and he you know at that point he still could recognize everything like that i i met a a woman uh, who was working at the nursing home that uh that he was re- residing at and uh we hit it off uh, at this point i'm nineteen we talked for a minute we got we got close. And then I ended up going back, but we stayed in touch. And then the, the next time I came back home, um, she left and went back with me. And uh, we, then we, we ended up getting married. Uh, she had a two-year-old son at the time. And uh, we was, you know, we, I, I'd like to say we like, we were just young, young and, and, and in love. So we thought, and, um, this, living life uh you know she ended up uh, her and her son ended up moving out to virginia with me 
Uh, we ended up living out there uh, for a few years. Uh, then around uh, 2000, 2001, um, she ended up moving back because um, my enlistment was only from 97 to 1997 to 2001. Um, so during this time, I'm like trying to decide if I'm going to re-enlist or if I'm going to get out. Um, 2001, uh, January 27th, um, I believe it was 2, 11 PM, my, my dad passed away. And it was at that point where I thought that, um, I was going to stay in, uh, and I, I had the paperwork ready and everything like that. But uh, once my dad passed away, like I, you know, at, the, at this point, my uh, mom, you know, was was back home, and it was her, my brother, you know, my sister, uh, different people was back home. But you know, I wanted to be back home, closer to my mom, since I, you know, had lost my dad, and so at that point, I decided that I was gonna get out. Um, you know, I came back home you know, around the funeral and different things like that. You know, it was tough. Like, I mean, now, I'm, I'm you know, I remember. It pretty much, uh, it took the, it took the life out of me. Like, I never, like, I've heard of people speak a, a deaf and, like, when they say, uh, when, they, when that person died, I died too. Like, I, I, I literally felt like a piece of me was was gone, like and and it 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 hurt. I'm talking about it. It hurt. Um, I watched the the man at least where I met him at the point in his life. I was I, you know I had known him since I was six years old, and he had been in our family, and he had been around my mom, you know, way before I was even thought of. So like you know he he was. He had been a staple in our family. Then it was, it was, it was, man, that day was just, it was tough. Um, but moving forward, I went back and served until July. Um, I got out. Uh, matter of fact, I had saved up so much uh, time because um, I hardly ever went on leave or anything like that. So I got out. I, a month earlier in schedule. I got out in June. Uh, came back uh, home. Ended up uh, working in long-term healthcare as a STNA. Uh, it wasn't too much shortly after that. Um, about a few, about a, about a year or so later, I ended, me and my wife ended up getting a divorce. Uh, we uh, we just kind of, you know, we married young. Uh, we just grew apart. Uh, nothing. We still still friends to this day. Still talk. Um, I I still stayed in her son's life. You know, we still I still you know still love him. He still love me. We uh, we still talk and everything. Um, I'm the, I'm just the only dad he knew. Uh, he was the first child that um, I had taken care of and. Uh, you know, nothing, but it was a lot, a lot to gain from it. Nothing, nothing was lost. Uh, so we ended up moving on. I, I ended up, like I said, working in long-term healthcare. Now I had moved back home with my mom for the time being. A few years later, I started, got into coaching heavy. I started coaching AAU. I ended up meeting a woman. I was coaching her son and I met her in we got um we we got into a relationship and uh about six six months later we ended up getting married um she had three kids two uh two girls and one boy uh her oldest two was in high school and her youngest uh was in elementary i always was uh i don't know i was i loved the love and i was quick uh, in doing so, and 
I basically I live with no regrets. Like uh, we was married for fifteen years. Uh, helped her with the kids. Uh, they end up flourishing. My oldest oldest son he graduated from college. He's now raising a uh, you know two two boys and a girl. And um, he worked hard worker, uh, family guy. I can't you know I'm proud of him. Um, my oldest daughter, uh, she's a hard worker. Uh, lo- loves to live life, full of love, and uh, you know just this uh, she's in school right now and you know trying to better herself and different things like that. I'm proud of her. And then uh, my youngest daughter, uh, she took my last name. Um, she graduated from college last year, and uh, now she's working in the school system. She played college basketball. Uh, I coached her when she was coming up, and uh, <laughs> it's just been a, a overall good experience. Uh, love all my kids and proud of them. Uh, they've helped make me uh, become a better person, and so I'm, I'm grateful for all of that. Like I said, it was nothing has never been lost in any relationship I've been in is uh, I've always gained more than I ever could imagine you know and during that time doing all of this is um, uh, where I was coaching uh, working in healthcare. you know my mom she was you know she still getting around doing her thing and um, all the way from 2000 from 2003 to like 2000 Fifteen, I worked into long-term healthcare in, in several different facilities, nursing homes, hospitals. Even during this time, I was still coaching uh, AAU middle school basketball. Eventually, moved up to high school basketball. I had always played two K, like, ever since it came out, uh, even dating back from the military days. Uh, but it wasn't until two thousand fourteen, fifteen, where I really. Uh, got heavy into it. Um, they had uh, introduced a new mode, uh, my career mode, uh, where basically you can build your player and and make them, you know, give them different attributes, you know, different features and, and stuff like that. And um, I got into the Jordan Rec Center, which was a, a new added part to it. And that's where... Uh, basically, they you can create your player. Uh, everybody can create their players. Go into the Jordan Rec Center and, and play as if like it's open gym. Like you know, typically what it was like at the Rec Center. Uh, at this point, I was hearing word about leagues and and uh, how people were meeting up to play five v five against each other. Uh, so. At this point, I, I was looking on different gaming forums and, and talking to different people, and I ran across a league called the ABL. And basically, uh, it was structured to the point where teams would sign up. Uh, they would compete against each other. The uh, league would keep records. And I uh, just played it just like a, what they do in any conference or any league or anything like that, and they'd have a playoff format and and different things of that nature. Um, so in, in the process of planning that and running that, I came across another league um, called the SBA. Now, this was the turning point because I was I had played in the ABL, but I also ended up started running it. And the ABL stuff for the American Basketball League. Um, I was not only playing, but I was running it. So when I came across the SBA, I, I came across the... Uh, LT, uh, but at the time, he was uh, working in the SBA league, but he was also playing in it, and I had played on a few different teams in the SBA, but then uh, he had a spot on his team, and we started running together, and basically, um, we built a, a friendship that would turn into a brotherhood where it got to the point where uh, one day, LT was, uh, we was just talking in a party, and he, um, he said, uh, "Kurt, I think, I think we, can, I think I can run a league." And I said, "For real?" He's like, "Yeah." And I think he said, "I think it'll be better 
than all of the leagues uh, that that's around. And I said, okay, well, cool. Like if you know if that's what you want to do, you know I I help you. And uh, he was like, cool. And I said, well, what are you gonna call it? And he said the uh, MPBA. And I said, what does that stand for? He said, my player basketball association. I'm like, shit. Like, <laughs> why well, I should have knew that. And um, I said, well, cool. It's dope. I said, let's do it. Uh, so, like I said, this was at the uh, right when 2K15 came out. Uh, it was kind of like in the middle when we decided we was going to do something. And we started. Uh, slowly but surely, um, it, it picked up a lot of momentum. We started where basically at the beginning we were just keeping uh, records. Teams would submit screenshots. Uh, we keep records. Teams would play have to play a minimum amount of games in order to qualify for the playoffs, and then we would uh, do the playoffs and crown a champion at the end. Uh, so that went on like that for two seasons um, in that particular 2K. And then in the following um, 2K, which is 2K16, we implemented um, a statistical system and awards to go with it. Uh, so now, mind you, while we're running these this league, I'm still working. I'm still coaching. LT's in the military. Like he's in the Navy at the time. Uh, and we're still running this league that's that's like just building momentum and becoming more and more popular every 2K. Uh, so uh, somewhere uh, around the 2K17, all of the top talent that you can think of uh, was playing in our league and uh, thriving. And um, it was becoming the go-to league. Like if you could play that mode of the, the pro-am mode of the game, then the MPBA is where you needed to be. Um, also, at this time, we picked up a third partner, which is uh, Lawrence West, which is everybody uh, know him in the community as Big West. Big big country boy from you know North Carolina uh, was was great uh, at marketing in the league and selling the league and was a community guy. Uh, you know knew how to build friendships and I was was a, a solid part of our our team. Um, I, you know LT was the the statesman. The, the uh, he he went out and you know he knew he was in all the big chats all the all the um, competitive chats with the top players and, you know, tell them about our league. Wes was doing the same thing you know, uh, in multiple chats and, and marketing and, and pitching. And uh, he was a big, played a big role in us uh, going from Facebook, uh, which we had a Facebook group chat, to going to Twitter because uh, that's where all of the, the talent was at regarding 2K. Um, so... You know, he he was real instrumental in in that. Um, we was uh, we never a lot of things we we didn't know about on on the scene like that until Wes came along and uh, was very active in that part. We were just doing Xbox uh, One leagues and tournaments, and then uh, he implemented the PS4 side of it and uh, ran that for a few years. Uh, it just uh, blew up our brand even more. Fast forward. Um, I was, like I said, I'm still uh, working, uh, coaching. The 2K League comes along. A lot of the players who had played in our league was drafted into the 2K League. That kind of gave us some some star power, so to speak, um, about us basically setting the groundwork for this league. You know, we took pride in that. We didn't really know how to look at it. Uh, we was happy with what we was doing. We were successful at it. We never felt entitled or, or like that we should be, you know, like it was just destined for us to be a part of the league. But um, we, the first year of the league, we um, we ended up working with uh, me and LT at the time. Uh, unfortunately, like, well, not unfortunately, but uh, West had a vision, uh, uh, something that he wanted to do and starting his own brand and 
doing some different things behind that. And uh, he departed from MPBA and, and still ended up uh, making an impact in the community uh, with his uh, his NAPX brand, uh, which will also provide a lot of exposure uh, for different players in the community uh, with, with tournaments and, and different um, platforms for players that wanted to get them na their name out there and their game out there. So now, the, you know, the 2K League is here. Uh, me and LT, we still running the NPBA, but then we also, now we're getting our foot in the door with Bucks GG um, as draft analysts uh, in the first season. And then um, the second season, we ended up, uh, you know, getting an opportunity. Uh, LT went on to Mavs GG, and uh, myself, I ended up uh, – getting an opportunity with Nets GC, which is at the time Nets GC was uh, an expansion team. And um, LT was taking over uh, for the Mavs as that their coach went on and moved to another team. At this time, like, my life had, had truly changed. Um, I went from working in healthcare to also I was um, doing group homework I was doing home health care work, and by 2016, that was my last year of coaching. Um, I pretty much hung it up from that. I had a good run. I coached at Wayne High School. Uh, we won the state championship in 2015, a boatload of talent. I had a great time. That's where I had a lot of growth and development um, as, a, as a person. I was under some great men. Um, that was like my big bros, like, uh, and they helped me. Uh, they helped me grow in a lot of different areas. Then also in working in a group home, um, I, you know, I, the woman who who ran and operated, uh, she was like a big sister to me, cared for me, uh, showed me a lot of love. I think it was a perfect relationship. I, I've always liked kids. I always had um, great relationships. And building with kids and being a you know like a a big brother mentor type. It's a good experience. Another hurdle in the road is uh the year that Nets GC joined. You know my my mom she had been experiencing all of this as uh, everything was going on. I was, you know I talked to my mom about everything. Uh, a lot of people always um you know, looked at me about how I interested I was in video games and how when I always had free time, I always was playing video games. Like, and most of them just think I was, I was just sitting down playing. A lot of them never knew, like, I was actually running, you know, one of the largest tournament circuits and league, league and tournament circuits, you know, in the, in the country. And... Uh, once people realized that it was like, oh man, it's like man, like yeah, just doing some cool stuff. But most people just think you're just sitting on the couch or sitting in the chair just playing the game, just to be playing it, and not to realize like what we was gaining from it. Uh, my mom, you know, she was a typical mom, and she was just proud of. She was proud as long as her kids was doing the right thing, not in trouble, and uh, taking care. As long as she was working and taking care of your kids, she was. She was happy-go-lucky, and then occasionally, as long as she was doing whatever she wanted you to do for her at the time, but uh, she, whatever it was, she she was she well earned it anyway. Um, but unfortunately for me, uh, right around uh, when I was getting some interest um, about uh, getting the opportunity for this, you see, my mom, my mom passed away, and. Um, you know, it was, uh, I don't know, death was, uh, it, it, I, I never want to say like it's, it was becoming like normal, but it, it was happening a lot. And, um, and I'm talking about like, you know, like when you're a kid and you're growing up and you're used to seeing these figures, these, you know, like your mom, your dad your favorite uncle, your aunts and sisters. Like, when you get used to seeing these people who have been in your life, 
uh, since you was a kid. They seen your ups and downs and everything like that. It was, it was just getting tough. And uh, the thing that hurt the most about um, losing my mom was that she never really got it. She used to hear about what I was doing. She knew when I was going back and forth to New York and different things like that, but she never got to experience the the result. And uh, that was something that was it was it it was it hurt for a long time um, because. Ironically, like she she passed away on July the fourth, uh, right before, um, you know, right at the end, uh, it was, you know, at the coming towards the end of season one, and um, you know, it was only a few months later where I learned that I would, you know, get an opportunity to work for Brooklyn, so like for her not to. For her not to see that and and experience it right along with me, it was it was tough, and uh, and it's still tough. I, a lot of people don't know, like um, you know, for her, like it was, you know, she had she had a a lot of a lot of illnesses and different things like that with congestive heart failure and different things like that. She has suffered strokes and heart attacks. Uh, early, you know, at an early age and, you know, even as she got older, but, um, she, she was tough. She, you know, we was always used to her bouncing back and it, and, and it was so crazy because, um, it was like around the winter, I think it was 2018. Um, we had a decision to make and basically going into January, of uh, 2000, uh, I think it was 19, she, you know, they said it was only giving her six months to live. And if, you know, that's, if she um, didn't t take, had the surgery. So she had the surgery and still passed away six months later. So it was like, you know, you, you, it plays tricks on you because it's like, well, at that point, it was like, well, had, you know, what would have happened if she didn't have a surgery? You know, different things like that. So uh, it, it was just rough. Um, you know, July the 4th, we normally have a, a big uh, cookout and everything like that uh, with a lot of different family members and stuff like that. And um, her not, that was, you know, the first time she wasn't there, uh, everybody got through it uh, in their own way, I'm sure. And it, like I said, it just it was like a it was another blow to me uh, because like my mom was, she was the cheerleader, she was the she was the you know she was the the heckler. I mean, she was everything you needed. Uh, to be resilient and to be to be tough and and to, to get through whatever you needed to get through. She she had her, her own special way of making sure you was prepared. Uh, one of the things she used to always say is that, um, you know, I want to leave this earth knowing that you and your brother uh, will be able to take care of yourself and and take care of your kids. And uh, I guess. In her own special way, um, when she did pass away, uh, we definitely uh, was doing what she wanted. And um, it's, it, I was always glad about that. And I think about that all the time. Uh, going into the season, um, you know, as she... Uh, after she had passed away, um, it was it was tough. I remember the first game. Um, you know, I'm trying to, you know, I'm already have nerves and everything like that. Uh, we opening up against, uh, you know, our, our well, it wasn't really a rival, but you know, it's two New York teams in the league and a lot of hype being built around it. One of our our players on the roster at the time. He's playing against his uh, old team, 
uh, with his new team. Uh, you know, just great atmosphere and everything like that. And I'm trying to be upbeat and happy about one of the biggest moments in my life. And uh, I'm struggling. Uh, right before, uh, typically like on game days um, in our first season, uh, the team would come up to my apartment, we'd talk, and then we'd wait on the shuttle to come, and we'd get on the shuttle as a team and head over to the studio. Well, uh, 30 minutes uh, before the team was sub supposed to come up to my apartment, I'm, I'm literally crying uh, the whole time, like uncontrollably. Uh, I'm thinking, it's so many emotions running through me. Um, I'm thinking about it. You know, a lot of people who helped me along the way to get to where I was at. Um, trying to take in the moment. Uh, hurt that my mom is not there, you know. Uh, one of the biggest moments of my life. And I, it just, tears was just overflowing. It was, it was happy. It was hurt. Uh, it was, conf you know, confused. And it just everything all at once. And, uh. It was tough, uh, but needless to say, we went out that night and uh, we we won the game, and uh, at least won the first game, and uh, kind of got the monkey off our back for the for everything that was going on with me. A lot of people didn't even know that was going on, uh, so uh, you know that was a big time, a big a big moment uh, for me and at the time and. Something I definitely won't forget. Um, I constantly think about uh, my mom, uh, my dad. Uh, you know, I lost uh, you know a lot of my so some of my my great uncles um, that was in my life. You know, consistently, uh, my grandma, my dad's mom, um, uh, different you know just different people that's been instrumental in my life. Uh, so it was like. I never. Sometimes I never really got got a full moment to to truly grieve in a lot of different situations because I had things going on uh, that I had it that I was obligated to do. And uh, and I guess for me at the time I felt like um, it was it was better for me that way. It was better for me to cope, um, but not constantly thinking about, you know, the death of, of loved ones and different things like that. Um, so that's like um, the story, I guess, a, a kind of a short story of my life and, and different things that I've dealt with and and how things have shaped me and, and stuff like that. And I'm grateful f for all of it. I mean, I, I don't, I try not to question too many things, but I just uh, do what I need to do in order to uh, to to do, you know to accomplish what you know whatever it is that that I that I want. Um, I guess through my parents, um, when I say who are you, I guess you know my parents raised me to be a, a stand up a stand up man, uh, you know, accountable. Uh, to understand that. Um, things are not always going to go your way. You don't cry about it. Uh, you, you know, you work hard. Uh, you stay consistent. You know, try, you know, always try to be a man of your word. And, you know, don't respect. It's, you know, respect is, is something is, that's given as well as received. And, you know, just be who you are. And, and then, and that's what's always worked for me. So, and I guess that's kind of sums up like when, you know, say, who are you, you know, and beyond just saying Ivan Curtis, you know, AKA OG King Kurt, um, GM coach for Nets GC is, you know, it's always more than you're all, you're more than your titles. You, you're, you're definitely, uh, it's, it's layers to everybody. And, uh, I, I, I'm not going to get through everything on this particular podcast, but I just, it's kind of like an intro 
to who I who I was and how I became who I am. And uh, you know, the funny thing about it is some some people ask like about the OG uh and two cents and the King Kerr, like where they come from or different things like that. And it's pretty much um I was a older figure, uh, so to speak, in the, in the 2K community. Uh, most of the time, people, um, they hear my voice. And they'd be like, man, you sound like somebody's dad. <laughs> and, you know, yeah, they were right. Like, I was a yeah, father of, 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 of five. So it's like, um, you know, uh, people, once they see how I was, uh, and how I gravitated to people in the in the game and everything about it, um, you know, a lot of people started to look up to me and and basically respected, you know, how I moved and how and how uh, I resonated with with just providing a platform for people in the two K community. So I took the OG part about it, you know, original gamer, you know, LT used to call me old geezer too, so that kind of went into it, but the king part was uh, when I joined LT's team, everybody had king in their name, so, um, and I liked that, like, I, it was like kings, like royalty, and um, you never hear nothing, you know, it was just, it, I just liked how it went, and then the Kurt. Uh, my mom used to call me Kurt. You know, obviously my last name is Curtis, but uh, she's, it was, I used to love how uh, whenever, I always had a key to her house, no matter where she lived or whatever. Um, and I would, anytime I would go over her house and she would see me, she'd like, hey, Kurt, Kurt. Like, yeah, so that just stuck with me. And I like, I always liked how it sounded when she said my name like that. So I pretty much took the OG the King from uh, playing with LT's team because his name was King LT. Uh, it was NTOF, uh, King LT. And then I put the Kirk from what my mom said. And that pretty much, um, I ended up branding that, um, you know, with logos, videos, and different things like that. You know, it ended up, it had got a good, nice flow to it. And um, I mean, most people they either call me LG or they, they call me uh, Kurt or, you know, either one. So um, that's pretty much, you know, how I came up with that. I guess, like, uh, to wrap up uh, this episode is, you know, as I asked when it says, um, if someone asked you who you are, how would, how would you, what would you, your answer be? And what type of person are you? And what do you stand for? And how do you want to be remembered? I basically, I covered everything. Uh, getting to the point of how I want to be remembered is uh, just somebody who who cared for people. Um, you know, a, a natural love for life. Um, hard worker. Persistent. Uh, like I said, resilient. Uh, never, never been a quitter. Never been a complainer. Um... You know, somebody that hopefully um, people uh, looked them looked at me to uh, be someone that they can call on and know I can answer the bell. Uh, sums it up. I you know I want my kids to hopefully remember me as a, a a great father figure for them, and you know always being there for them as whenever I could and. Um, just basically, just somebody who I always just try to do the right thing. And uh, do right by myself, do right by my, by people, and my family, and everything like that. You know, at this uh, moment, I just want to uh, say thanks to everybody for tuning in. Do understand that the OG Two Cents is never a personal attack to anybody. It's my personal thoughts and experiences in life, or those around me. Make sure to follow me on all social media platforms at OG King Kirk. That is Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, also, the OG Two Cents podcast is on Apple, 
and Spotify. Um, also, I want to give another shout out to my team, Dave at 2K Zone, Strider Visuals, Bauer DZN. Uh, follow them on Twitter as well. Um, check out the 2K Zone on Podbean at the 2 kzonepodbeancom And be on the lookout for next week's episode uh, number nine. It's called What's Real. Uh, and remember, if it makes sense, it's an OG2 sense. OG Hey, much love to the whole MPBA league. Special shout out to the Brooklyn Nets gaming crew. We on our way, baby. What's up, JP? LT. Big West. Famous enough. 2K Comp Games. Black Frank White. Brooklyn Nick. Rico. Let's put this work in, fellas. And much, much, much love to the entire 2K community for always showing me love. Without y'all, we wouldn't be here. Yeah.